Today, I have the privilege and the honor to interview Bud Anderberg. It's a little local legend, I think, at least. Um, he worked for the Forest Service for many years, and he's just got some neat stories to tell. Um, I'm leaving this mostly unedited, just because I don't want to take away of the genuineness of our conversation. Just because, I don't know, I think that it's worth listening to every part of it. But yeah, so it's a little bit on the long side of a podcast. But this is the genuine interview, and I hope you enjoy. Where I'm from. (laughs) Well, my name is Clarence Reinhold Anderberg. (laughs) And I was born in Kalispell. So you've been here. How How old are you? been here for a while. <laughs> well, 82. 82. Hey, that's good. Yeah, 82. But uh, my dad worked at the soldier's home. Oh, okay. And then well, I went sweet. to school in Helena. Oh, so you moved back here after school? Yeah, I moved up. Well, I, I grew up in Helena, and uh, we played... Uh, both Nuri and I played in the community band. I mean, played in the Helena High School band. We played. So you guys are high school sweethearts? Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Oh my goodness, I had no idea. <laughs> Don't include me in this. Well, how long have you guys been married then? Be 62 years. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> hey, that's pretty neat. That says a lot. So, she's put up with me that long. <laughs> she's rolling her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess, um, did you go to college to become a forester? or? I know? started college, well, I first off, I worked in the, my uncle's bakery from probably junior, senior, and then up through... The fall of sixty. Oh, that sounds like a bakery, and then I, I, uh, I did bake my own wedding cake. Really? The bottom layer was thirty-six inches by thirty-six inches. That's big. And then it went up five tiers. And you baked it? Yeah. Oh, that's I cool. I didn't decorate it, but I baked it. <laughs> that's cute. <laughs> then we went on a honeymoon to, uh, to Butte to. Uh, Columbia Gardens. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Butte's pretty. That's where Sutter's going to college. Huh? That's where Sutter's going to college next year. Is he? Mm-hmm. So, and then after I was going to start school, I started, um, got some summer jobs on Canyon Ferry District on the Helena National Forest. What did yeah. the job entail? Well, it started off, I, we were mending fences uh, on the backside of Av- Avalanche Gulch. It was uh, Jack Lake fences, in which cool. they're like this. Yeah, the cross. Oh, Be- so- Because there was solid rock all over, so they'd have a dead man about every quarter of a mile. <laughs> like so this. somebody would cut the fence, and then the whole fence would go down for a quarter of a mile. The reason for that was to keep Rankin's cows out of the national forest. So you guys are put on patrol duty, basically. 
So, and then at the cabin, a lot of times we ate uh, World War II sea rations. Really? Yes. Really. <laughs> <laughs> were yes. those good or were those like, were you like, eh, yeah. prefer back to the bakery? <laughs> so, and then part of it, I was in into firefighting and one of the fires we were on, we they recruited a crew from all the bars in Helena. Really? They're like, hey guys, load up. <laughs> and uh, went out there and put fire. Once they were sober, they were really good workers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But back then, though, you have to remember they had to have boots and they had to have basically some gloves. Mm-hmm. Nowadays yeah. it's changed. But now see, nowadays you get tennis shoes and so they can't do that. Or they you know Yeah, most of these guys were workers to start with. Yeah. They're like they were laborers. We, we got a fire up on the ridge. Get out of the bars, let's <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> What's your favorite do you have like a favorite fire assignment that you've ever been on? Or like a, a funny memory or Well, I don't know. I was in charge of that crew to put out the fires and I lost my watch on that fire and I went back about a week later and I did find it. You found it? What? And it still works today. <laughs> really? He wears You wear uh, it right now? He doesn't have it's it. Not right. The mo no, I wear it when I go someplace. <laughs> Do you know what year that was? Huh? Do you know what year that fire was? Yeah, it was probably in about 1962. So, how old of, would you have been? Well, so you found this watch. I was 20 what, in 1960, so I'd be about 22 years old. Another interesting thing, I, I helped to build a barge to float uh, gravel trucks down the gates of the mountains to the Meriwether campground. Oh, really? Yeah, and that's where those 13 firefighters were burned up in the Mandeville's fire. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that was a sad deal. So, so that was you, different. When you built it, like, were you like a mechanic, you mean, or like well, you... Well, you just actually assembled the barges together so the trucks could drive on it, float down the river. That's cool. They worked cool. for a minute. Huh? <laughs> You probably couldn't do it today because it's probably not environmentally sound. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so did you spend a lot of time then on like the Helena National Forest? A couple seasons, yeah. And on a lot of fires. And about that time they introduced, uh, let's see, the TBM was a retardant plane. It was a small plane that they used it, and that's one of the first years they started using retard on fires. Oh, that's cool. So you got to witness, like, trial and error a little <laughs> bit? <laughs> right. I had a buddy that worked at the retarding plant there in Helena. Oh, that's neat. So then I went to school, and then I, was, I worked on about three years on the Lolo National Forest. Uh, I processed a bunch of cones. For the forest, probably two, three hundred bushels, different species, and many fire assignments. And one interesting trip 
in the late fall, when the jumpers weren't jumping anymore, they got assigned <clears throat> a fire in uh, on the Wasatch National Forest. And it was in end of October, and we were fighting fire at 10,000 feet at <laughs> pretty, night. Pretty hard. That's, but, that's a little complicated. <laughs> but the most interesting thing was coming back in a jump plane, a DC-3, the jump door blew open over the Bitterroot Range, and we flew into Missoula with the door open. <laughs> Which was how far? Oh, I don't know. It's probably a hundred miles. Yeah, that's quite a ways away. <laughs> from you know, it's before you get to Derby. Yeah. Into Missoula. Is there a reason they can't jump that late in the year? Well, they just no. There's just not that, that much demand. Oh, I see what you're once saying. It, once it settles normal down. Normal fire season is over. That's pretty so. cool. Um, I have one question. Okay. How did? the forest fires and like firefighting change throughout your years of service in the forest service like did you see a lot of new technology like you were saying the planes was there anything else the that changed? biggest thing was if there was a fire the phone would ring and it might be at 10 o'clock at night you'd go mm -hmm. at night and start putting out the fire or if it was on a logging job and they were near there, the loggers would actually go put the fire out and we'd worry about the paperwork later. <laughs> yeah, it's a little but bit it's, more. Yeah, it's a lot different. But I've been on 239 wildfires. 239? That's a pretty good record there. <laughs> so, and... A couple times we'd be taking the boat out to go up to Hungry Horse to go water skiing or something. The phone would ring and I'd be back 20 days later. Yeah, because I think the shifts have changed too. It can too. Be only be, be gone 14 days now. Mm-hmm. And Didn't it used to be so. 21? Or did they really well, have any no, regulation? It was because they, you couldn't make any more. You make the, more money or whatever. Than the regional forester. Oh, I see. And when they well, max that out, then they're done. They could stay and work, but no money. Oh, I see. You, yeah. No one wants to do that. So, yeah, so. Mm -hmm. And then you always talk about driving your pickup up spotted bear. Well, yeah. <laughs> before I was in Superior Ranger District, and I got trained on a KEK plotter, which was a from aerial foliage you'd put down and you'd have control points. You'd go out and locate corners so you could scroll and then you'd actually make maps. Oh, that's from cool. A plotter. So it was an aerial like Well you the airplane would fly and they take the aerial photos and then you take the photo plane machine and get it adjusted where in controls and then draw up maps. So you like were you What's that word? To isn't that topo topography? What? Topography? Something like that. Well, aerial photo word. interpreters. Oh, okay. What it is. Yeah. From aerial That's photos. Cool. So did you do how many, like, I guess this is kind of a far-fetched question, but, like, how many acres do you think, or, like, square miles of land in that time do you think you saw through that know. job? <laughs> Quite a few. Thousands of acres, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, 
But so from that point, I, after I did that, why, uh, let's see, there was a lot of control burns, and then, then they wouldn't give me a full-time job at Superior Ranger District. So I I had a buddy that went to Cave Junction, Oregon. He says, hey, there's an opening in Grants Pass in the police ranger district. So I put in for it, and I got it. Oh, so cool. So true, went to Southern Oregon is where that is. And so I was there. And one of the interesting things there was my boss wanted some pine cones from a ponderosa pine, which was 286 feet tall. So you had to climb up there? No, I didn't climb up, but he rented a helicopter. I hung out of the helicopter and clipped cones and caught them in a, in a... basket. Oh, that's cool. So you got, that's pretty exciting. <laughs> well, it's different. Not many people have done that. No, not at all. So, Did you find that you were scared of heights? I would have been. I would have been shaking in my boots. That's no, all. You just hang out there and Ugh. in today's world you wouldn't do it. Yeah, they'd probably just, probably not up to like OSHA well, standards. Well, because the, the downdraft and the helicopters are something else. And then I was on a lot of fires there. I've been well, I've been a a firefighter, a crew boss, the sector boss, a division boss, a fire boss, but my best job, I think, was uh, being a cat boss, going out and flagging, and the cats would build the line. Oh, that's fun. At night. All the heavy machinery? Yeah. And you could see probably the fire coming down to the line. Well, you just build a, we would build the fire line right next to the fire. <laughs> so you're like. Because if it ha something happened, you'd already have a place to go. The fire had already been burnt. So that's pretty... What's, I mean, pretty basic. That's pretty pretty <laughs> exciting, though. I mean, that'll get your adrenaline pumping, for so, sure. So, and um, one of the things, like, on, a, on a, I was firing the Lower Road River, and I was a fire boss there, and I, I killed a 50-inch rattlesnake, and I skinned it and had the cook prepare it for dinner. It tasted... <laughs> Like a consistency of lobster. Really? Yeah. But did you eat it and you're like, this is kind of weird? <laughs> That's yeah. a big rattlesnake, too. Well, yeah. Absolutely. That's a giant rattlesnake. <laughs> I wouldn't want to run across that. So. But then from there, I got transferred to Spotted Bear. And I had just gotten this brand new 71 Chevy pickup. <laughs> So we lived, went to Spotted Bear and we lived in a, a camper that was on the truck plus a tent. That's pretty neat. Three boys. And, till about half the second season and they finally got our trailer house for us. Oh, that's neat. What year was that, you know? We went there in 71. And then did you stay there for quite a few seasons? I, was it four years, huh? Too long. <laughs> four, three or four years, and then they finally, but the interesting thing is the second year that we lived in a government house in the wintertime in that Hungry Horse complex, mm -hmm. and they says, well, we're going to tear these houses down, so you got to move out. 
Like so in 73, we bought this place. But to this day, the house I had to move out of is still standing. <laughs> really? <laughs> You're like, that's ironic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Did they tear down any other places up there? Or? Well, they tore down some bigger ones, but a couple of them are just still there. <laughs> but sometimes I'd travel that road three days a week because the kids had something going on. Oh, well, that makes sense. But I could drive it. I could drive from here to Spotter Bear in an hour. It's pretty, that's pretty speedy. You can't do it today because the road's not near and it's not brushed out. Was it the west side or the east side east road? east side road. That you'd take no, up there? Yeah. Did you have like a certain area up there that you liked the most? Like, obviously there's like the main spotted bear, like the ranger station and everything. But did you ever go up to like the falls? Did you ever see those? or, Because um, just the surrounding area up there is pretty neat. I love going up there. Well... Well, I like most of we boat on the north end of the reservoir. Oh, yeah. Because you can, well, we've taken boats up the river even a little bit. Yeah, well, and we used to go a lot up uh, Sullivan Creek. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. And the only way you can fish most of the part of that is because it's solid rock, rock. on both sides is by a boat. And you should get 16 to 20 inch cutthroats. I bet that was fun. So you spent all the summers up there, and then obviously you came down for the winter? Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. How So how old were your sons when you were up there, do you think? Oh, when we first moved out there, Paul was three, and Carl was five, and probably Mark was seven, seven or eight. Oh, cool. So they kind of got well, some yeah. neat time up there. I bet they loved it. I bet that's probably, like, some of the best memories they have. Well, I don't know if it is or not, but they go fishing every day. But they never wore a life jacket. They knew how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> they never really got in trouble. But they would they go catch one or two fish a piece a day. It don't sound like much. In seven days, that's a lot of fish. <laughs> yeah, you were having fish quite a bit for dinner. <laughs> Maybe one time we got so much fish. And we had gotten a second-hand little freezer, mm -hmm. and we had frozen, and we had no room for any more fish or anything else. So we gave them to the cook, because they actually cooked mm -hmm. up there at that time Yeah. for the cruise. And they had a fish dinner. They had a fish dinner from your guys' fish? Yep. Oh, that's pretty neat. So it was mostly cutthroat? Yeah, yeah mostly okay. cutthroat, yeah. Mark Mostly. was our fisherman. Mark yeah. was? Yeah, he really liked to fish. It's Carl was meh. <laughs> Paul. Paul couldn't well, care he, he started riding a tote gun at about four years old up at Water Bear. <laughs> you know what a tote gun is? Mm-mm. Oh, it's this big old heavy machine, probably weighs 300 pounds. He probably he didn't weigh 30 pounds. <laughs> 40 pounds, maybe. Maybe. So was it almost like a... Like a golf it's cart or something, or scooter? And he rode around up there. That's fun. It's fun going down to the rock and jumping off. And yeah. We spent a lot of time down there. Yeah. It's good swimming. <laughs> it's fun. And then I transferred down <laughs> to, to uh, Glacier View, and I... Spent a lot, of, most of my time 
at Glacierview in the North Fork. How many years did you work from that area? On the Flathead, I worked 30 years. Oh, that's neat. That's 30 that's years. Cool. I administered about 987 million board feet of timber. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that log out there says Anderberg sign. Mm-hmm. And did you notice the bat? Yeah. Well, RBM, when I retired, built a bat. And I don't, I'm not sure who made the log, but they brought that log in to, to Rex's. Wasn't it Rex's? No, 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 no. No, it was. I was trying to think what they called it. Because it, it burnt down. It burnt. Was it a local bar? No, no. Or it, local? It, 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 oh, it's Jags now. Oh, Jags, yeah. yeah. Before it was Jags. I'll have to look in. I'll. My grandparents love going there. They had good food. <laughs> I love going there. But they food. brought that Anderberg sign. They carried that in. That bad, yeah. Oh, in that's there. cool. So when you retired, RBM uh, made that up for you guys? and I don't know for sure. I think probably RBM made the sign, too. No, RBM did not make the sign. They made the bat. They, no. Huh? They made the... They made the well, RBM may have, oh, i got to stop and think how that went. <laughs> I can't remember where they got the log from, but there was a guy in Martin City or Corum okay. who had metal legs. Oh. And he's the one who turned the bat. You would have to ask Ed Cummings okay. about that or... Uh, but the reason for the bat, over the years when people retire, I would build small bats and then the Rita would wood burn on them, whatever they did, like fisherman or hunter, or, or, and then put all the dates of where they worked. Oh, all cool. The time. So we probably made 120, 150 of them. Oh, that's pretty neat. So, and that's the purpose of why they gave me the big bat. That's pretty cool. And then one of my buddies, I'll show you. That's cool anyway. <laughs> Give me this bat. Oh, that's cool. He said, I can't do a lathe, he said, but here's this. Oh, and it's got all the stickers on it. Oh, that's and that's cool. sweet brownie. That's a couple of dogs. Mark, Carl, and Paul. That's our two granddaughters. Oh, that's neat. And then C.R. Bud Anderberg. Where did you get your nickname from? Er, Bud. Well, my uncle was named Clarence. My dad was killed when I was about four years old. So I grew up. My mom moved back with her brothers and sisters to Helena. And there was about four of her brothers lived there. And the youngest brother, his name was Clarence and mine was Clarence. So as I got older, there was too much confusion about Clarence. So they called him Soup and me Bud. Soup? <laughs> Where'd that one come from? He loves soup. <laughs> That's funny. 
No. That's really funny. <laughs> so, being, like, up the North Fork, and that's where you spent most of your time, was there a certain area, obviously the North Fork's not a huge area, but was there any specific areas up there that you loved being? No, all of them, along the Canadian border. And, uh, let's see, what was neat about the North Fork? Back then, did they have, like, where you could be on the border and you could see, can, like, Canada logging and where Glacier Park butted up? It's just bare. Yeah, well, <clears throat> one of the, the last sales I administered was in Coal Creek. It was a line skidding operation that two grizz, different grizzlies had kills with probably 100 yards of where we were line skidding. And the other seven bears were eating bull trout out of Coal Creek. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But we couldn't tell anybody anything. The reason I know that how many bears, Tim Manley was the bear manager specialist for the fishing game. Mm -hmm. And he was keeping track and monitoring all that. So you couldn't see? Well, well no, <laughs> I, if anybody else knew about it, why? <laughs> it's just like in, in Bucker Creek, when we logged up there, we were building roads and Doug Chadwick was studying mountain goats. Did he work for FWP, I'm assuming? No, he was kind of a freelance yeah. wildlife guy. Oh, that's cool. Is what he was. But anyhow, we got up into a spruce base and we brought out two one log loads out of there. Uh, a larch had fallen down in a spruce bog area and it was perfect sound. So one log, they're probably 60 inches in diameter or so. One log. That's me laying. That's me across. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big tree. <laughs> Cause I'm. I don't know. I'm not much taller than five foot. So. Well, honey, I used to be as close under. I am now four eleven. Four eleven. Oh man. <laughs> that's a big tree. Oh man. Do you think that you could go up the North Fork and find any trees like that anymore? Probably not. You know, it's hard to say. It just happened to fall down there. And in and today's world, they wouldn't take any. Yeah. And then while I was at Glacier View, I was also in charge of the scaling contract for the Flathead and the Kootenai National Forest. So does that mean, like, you kind of kept in touch with the loggers? Does, is that what that well, meant? Or? No, it's separate from the loggers. That's a different... Or, like, you, like, set up the logging yeah. units, I guess? No. It was contract, and we had a separate contract where they actually scaled the log to different mill sites. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. That's cool. Is what they do. No, I had a lot of contact with the loggers and ministering 987 men. But there's still a field that come by and buy corn. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So did you start your garden, like, after you retired, I'm assuming? Um, <laughs> or did you just have it throughout and then you kind of became a business? Well, I don't, when we started, about 78? I don't know. I started working for Clarence Laugh is how you got interested in the garden. Yeah. He so it's somewhere around 78 or so we started 
What was the first thing you planted? Corn? <laughs> no, we planted a lot of raspberries and a lot of strawberries. And uh, some corn. But we probably, the boys were here and they would pick about 300 gallons of raspberries and 300 gallons of strawberries. And they would get the money. Oh, that's cool. They would, we would sell them or sell them. Or they would sell them. Do you think that in your lifetime, like, your passion is gardening or forestry or a little bit of both? <laughs> a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. Duck hunting? <laughs> I well, see yeah. quite a few. <laughs> the reason I started shooting birds is because it, I work out in the woods five days a week. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, after you get an elk and a deer for so many years. You used to get bored with it. <laughs> You well, see the same I everywhere. Go to the office on the weekend. Yeah, that's but true. But you know where they were, and I could be out and back by noon and have a deer or elk in the back of the truck. Yeah, so it was just How? new because exciting. I paid attention where they were. I bet you came across some big ones. Maybe not up the North Fork, but well, I got my share. And then we said we like beef better, and we like wild game. So, do you have any um? elk or deer that like any hunting stories up the north fork or anywhere that you were really. no, just well most of your hunting was done at spotted deer yeah up the middle or up the south fork yeah yeah there's some nice bulls that still yeah. come out of there yeah i bet spotted fair was fun spotted bear river did you ever like raft or anything up there used to water ski Oh, that's fun. <laughs> Did not do any rafting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Did you ever go into the backcountry out of Spotted Bear, like Big Prairie or? Well, I went into yeah. Black Bear. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. But uh, horses and I, I could ride just so long and my hips would get so tired, I'd get out and walk the walk. Walk. Ride about five miles and walk about five miles. It can get long. <laughs> it can get real long on the saddle. I've been on a couple pack trip back there. Um, oh, yeah? And we went to, like, the Pentagon cabins. and. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're young, you're more limber, but when you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a few questions from other people, too, because I was kind of gave them a background on you. Um, okay. One of them was... Uh, when you were forced or, like, was there any wisdom that you would pass on to your crew or that could be, like, and is any of that wisdom applicable just to, like, life in general? Or do you have any wisdom to pass on to younger generations? Wisdom, I don't know. Well, you have to make, well, like on timber sale contracts, you have to go by the contract. And it's all written out. And sometimes the woods boss wouldn't understand too well, so I'd go to the whoever's the head of the department, like Hollister Larson, or maybe over there at Superior, and talk to them and say, "This is a contract. This way, it got to be." Nothing major, no. Things got ironed out. The farther you remove the problem from the ground. The worse it is, <laughs> regardless of what it is. Got to nip it in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. 
So, I think, yeah, closer to the ground you can resolve the issue, regardless of whatever the problem is. That's a good thing to remember. Huh? <laughs> good thing to remember. And just probably... The fire, remove it from there. If it goes from the supervised office to the regional office, there's no more control over who thinks about what. Probably, like, clear communication then, too. <laughs> yeah. Right. you got to communicate what's going on right up front, what, what the rules are. Do you have any, like... I don't know if this sounds cheesy, but any rules to live by with, like, you guys being married for 62 years? Well. <laughs> mean why we've been married that Yeah, or, like, any advice on just, like, well, how to be happy together? We have some things in common, like, you know, uh, we both played clarinets in the high school band, and we played the pep band, and we played the marching band, and we'd go to tournaments and play in the pep band mm -hmm. and then I quit playing the clarinet for probably 22 years and then I had two boys Carl and Mark Mark plays the trumpet and the Colombians and trombone I mean the trombone and the Colombians and Carl plays the trumpet and they said well we need some clarinet players in the community band so they wrangled me in to start playing again <laughs> after 27 years. I played in that for probably 40 years. Oh, I would say so. Close to 40 years. That's pretty neat. And then we had a band exchange with the Germans. And uh, the Germans came here in 89, and we went there in 91. Uh, I convinced Norita that she should start playing her clarinet so she could go to Germany and with you? Yeah, I'm playing the band. Well, see, you can do it together, other than the wives or the husbands that didn't play. They'd sit out in the audience, and you were, you know, and they were getting all the glory and having all the fun. Yeah. <laughs> see, and so. So you guys got to go to Germany? Yeah. And yeah. how long did you guys stay there? I think it was about over a week. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And we stayed with families. Stayed with family. It's like here when they came here, we we housed some. Well, three boys. Three boys here. <laughs> three men. Let's put it that <laughs> three way. men. But young. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. Do you so. have any advice, advice, Narita, on <laughs> how to stay about our marriage? Yeah, or just like. For... Well, you know, I find in today's world, and I don't know how far to go back, but. Bud and I have always done things together. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe sometimes a little much together, but <laughs> we always did it together where um, I find today that the woman, she takes off with her girlfriend hiking or they go skiing someplace for two or three days and they're gone on their own vacation. Husband's gone on his own vacation. And a lot of times they don't do things together. Where Bud and I have always basically done things together. Like been each other's best friends. Yeah. And she, uh, and then we, she was in a couple, leads in a couple plays. No. Oh, in Calspell. 
She was the lead singer. And we've sang in three choirs now for a lot of years, mm-hmm. too. I've watched one COVID of them. Came along. Oh, yeah. Huh? COVID's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I bought this hat in Bomberg, Germany. at some of the places I've been. Oh, that's cool. And all your pins? Oh, I like the cheese. <laughs> you. Oh, that's cool. Do you mind if I pick it up? No, that's fine. It's heavy. It is heavy. I was surprised. And it's wool, it seems. It is. Oh, that's really neat. Well, I got that in Bomberg, Germany for for my hat guy that was any bigger than the first floor of this house. Really? Was it stuffed with hats of the building? Just hats. That's all it's sold. That's cool. What's the fly from? But over there, every village has their own beer. Really? Yeah. Yeah, every village has their own beer. That's pretty neat. So, so you have your retired U.S. Forest Service pin. I see that uh, one. Yeah, uh, that's one. And you got your German pin. That's pretty cool. I like the ladybug. <laughs> Lucky ladybug. But we try and do a lot of things together. What's your favorite thing to do nowadays? <laughs> Sing in the church choir. That sounds right fun. Now, with a mask. With a mask, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. They're like duck bills. We have them in... Oh, do you have them? Yeah, we had them in choir last year. Yeah. They're kind of a pain. (laughs) Real big pain, actually. Well, for her, sure. Do you have them where they went over this way? Had two bands? Uh Uh-uh. Well, that was a pain. (laughs) Your hair didn't have much hair. Your hairdo was not good. Yeah, it messes up your hair. You're not recording this, are you? (laughs) I can cut this part out if you'd like. But so we adopted this one gal says, Well, I know how to take care of that. So she had a way she fixed it so that you cut one and made the band that came around. Oh, that's nice. So it doesn't mess up your hair. <laughs> well, I mean, see, it was so tight. And the nose, and if you have glasses. Then you're fogging up. <laughs> yeah. Until it really gets warm, yeah. It yeah. fogs up your glasses so you have a harder time reading it. Either the notes or the music. You know, you got to do both. So our life right now is we go to church on Sunday, sing in the choir. We go to doctor's appointments if need be. And we go to the grocery store. That's about it. It sounds nice. That's about it. It sounds relaxing. No, don't have any socializing. Because when you go to church, why? We're, we're, we still wear masks in church, Yeah, everybody, and we're trying to keep the distance. We're not supposed, <clears throat> we're not supposed to visit in the church. <laughs> we're supposed to go outside, but not in this weather. But anyway, you know, so we don't have that social. You don't have coffee hour. You don't have a potluck. You don't have this or that. You, yeah. You know, you're, and if you do, it's very distant. Yeah. Have you... So that's probably something you miss because you guys are pretty involved in the yeah. community. But hopefully it's going down. I hear that it's kind of changing, but that's always, you know, up in the air. Yeah, it is. As um, being his wife, like, did you, like, when he moved around for jobs in the Forest Service, what was your favorite place? Depends upon what part of my life. 
I enjoyed Helena. Mm -hmm. We lived in Helena because his uncle's dad had had a cabin on Canyon Ferry Lake. Oh, that's cool. And so, you know, we had a lot of we spent a lot of weekends out there. I worked. I enjoy working at the bank. You know, and stuff. And she'd put me on water skis. I started about the middle of May. I pulled him off. It's a little chilly. I'd take off the docks and I wouldn't get so, wet. Wait, <laughs> how do you how do you stop? <laughs> you go up. I ski right up on the onto the sandy beach. Oh man, that's, that takes and step out of your skis. <laughs> that takes some skill, Mister. You got to really depend on the boat driver because <laughs> she's in total control. So you're a pro boat driver when it comes it to water to skiing. It used to be. That's pretty fun. Yeah. And then I do enjoy, I, I think, then the second part would have to be here in Columbia Falls. Mm -hmm. Were you able to kind of, like, settle here more than the other places, I'm assuming? Just because... Well, yeah. Yeah, because and, we moved around quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, because when we lived in Oregon, I didn't particularly care for Oregon. I mean, it was okay. But I don't think I would have liked to have made it my home. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, it just didn't seem... We'd spend some time on the ocean. Yeah. Gold Beach and Brookings. You know, and we'd go and, and uh, get crab. Right. That's probably a perk yeah. of it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I, I would have to say here, and this is the place we've stayed the longest. Yeah. That, that I would consider home. You know, and... Uh, but what we really do miss is that... The, Community choir used to go sing at the soldiers' home oh, and, and the homes. different rest homes, mm -hmm. Buffalo know. Hills, the Lutheran home, the one in Whitefish. You know. And now it's all closed off. Yeah. Well, you you can't, you can't do, it. do it because of COVID. Yeah. It just Hopefully really... that changes soon. And that's bad, you know that because not only did I enjoy singing to the older people, but I look back on. I hope one day that'll happen to me. Yeah, of course. But now I'm 82 years old. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm, well, fortunately, we have, we're living in our own home. Mm -hmm. And I depend a lot on him because uh, I don't do stairs well. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, so, therefore, he won't let me wash clothes, which the washer's downstairs. Mm hmm I haven't been in my basement till a couple, three weeks ago for probably eight months or better. Makes it harder. You know, it makes harder. He's got to, you know, I have to take this along with me mm -hmm. when I go to church because it's easy. It folds up easy and it's easy for him to get in and out. So you I do somewhere to hold your books, too. Yeah. <laughs> but I hope, you know, I depend a lot on him. Mm-hmm. For a lot of things, he depends upon me for cooking dinner. Yeah, <laughs> what's your favorite meal that she makes? Well, I like steak and French fries. Steak and French fries. <laughs> what's your favorite meal that you make? Lobster or crab. Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> but see, I I grew up on Pacific Beach in Washington mm -hmm. on the ocean, so it was nothing for us to get nice fresh seafood. Yeah. yeah. So now you're like, let's go to Jags, eat some seafood. You know. And so, you know, so and I like it when the Montana Club has their lobster. Oh, yeah. Two or three days, you know. That. And then do you still bake at all, being that you worked in the bakery? No. 
You stopped with the wedding cake. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I'll be done now. No, I don't. He used to bake bread. Yeah, we'd, quite we'd a bit. break bread together, not in a my, machine. My worst, my worst mistake in the bakery, though, I made two hundred loaves of salt-free bread. Salt-free bread. Salt-free. Oh man. Two hundred loaves. Yeah, it's probably a little different if you made like I a couple. I forgot to put the salt in. <laughs> You're like sprinkling it on top, hoping it works. Well, no. <laughs> that would be a little hard. <laughs> but I don't know. Columbia Falls, is, I think, is a pretty good place to come be from. Yeah, I enjoy being from well, here. When my dad worked soldier home, I, I was told that once in a while he'd walk down to Blue Moon and get a martini. <laughs> from the sol- from the vet's but home? that was in the 1930s. <laughs> Eight thirty nine. Oh, that's They lived cool. on a cabin on the river there. Oh, really? On yeah. this side of the river, or the opposite on, side of the no, river? On the, on, the, on the same side as the soldiers' home. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's it's really not neat. there anymore. So, was it the blue moon back then? Yeah, as far as we know. That's, that's pretty what cool. I've been told. That's neat. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'll be, I'll be back, honey. I'm almost a native here. <laughs> you, you are a native here. I'll be back, honey. I'm going to go get a martini. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Was there any... Well, my dad came from Sweden. Oh, really? Oh, so yeah. you're a first-generation Montanan yeah. then? Yeah. When did he come here? Yeah, well, he came in into San Francisco. Oh, his wow. dad and his brother were sea captains on the North Sea. And he used to cook on a Swedish submarine. Really? He was born on an RC. Really? <laughs> so when was his birthday? Like, when was he born? I would say. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Where is your family from, in Sanderberg? Montana. That's cool. <laughs> so, do you know what, like, generation you would be? Let's see. It was my grandma. I would say I'm probably second or third. Did they like run a ranch or work in the mills or? What? Let's see. No. Let's see. One was a banker. He worked in. He worked at a bank. Was a bank inspector for years. Um. My uncle Zach uh, Zane is a bank. Was a banker. One was a lawyer. One was a teacher. Were they all from Helena area? No, Mile City. Down <clears throat> over there mm-hmm. in that uh, uh, Belgrade. Oh, Where that's pretty that? cool. God, I can't remember. I, I don't, I'd have to ask my Aunt Nina. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, she's one of these that she keeps all, all the books. All the books. <laughs> well, it's nice to get that information down just so... You know, future generations yeah. can look back on it. And he's in, he's German and Swede, and I'm English, Irish, uh, Scotch, and French. Oh, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, my, my mother's my grandmother, I guess, or her sister. Uh, anyhow. They were German. Huh? They were German. Were they? they were German. And he was a sheep rancher over in Chinook, Montana. 
in the late 1880s, there's a record in the Historical Society, he was making $45,000 a year. That's pretty darn good for 1880. 1880. Oh, that's, my gosh. That's like a millionaire. Yeah, that's like... Well, yeah, <laughs> it would be. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money nowadays. I would be happy making that much money today. <laughs> so he was from Chinook, though? So did he speak German? He came from Germany, but, yeah, he was in Chinook, Montana. Oh, man, that's cool. So who was this? This was your... My mom's grandma, I guess. Yeah. Their name was Schifonsky. Schifonsky? Yeah. So do you speak any Swedish or German? Nine. Nine? <laughs> no. Nine. Not really, no. Hey, that's a good one. <laughs> but you know, they just, they didn't do that. Mm-mm. When they came here, they spoke English. Yeah. They, well, they probably had to I learn mean, it because no one else knew German. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Do you have any, like, family that you know of that still lives in that area? No. No. Uh-uh. no. That's all pretty gone. cool. They're all gone. Yeah. yeah we don't have, we're, we're getting down to the point now where on my side of the family, as far as my mother's side of the family, I have one aunt and one uncle. I have some cousins, mm-hmm. but of the immediate. And mm-hmm. I have nobody on my own dad's side, nor my stepdad. Side. That's around anymore, or they're, they're gone. They're all they're all deceased. Mm-hmm. So so see you when you're 82. Yeah. You, know, you start losing your your family. I have one aunt that's gonna be a hundred. Yeah. Oh man, that's pretty Aunt darn Louise. neat. Aunt Louise. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's so, it. That, yeah. Yeah. Nobody that's else. It. Huh? That's it. That's yeah. pretty interesting. Well, you have huh. your sister, but I mean... Have, I have a sister, yeah. And see, and I have no... You, I have no sisters or brothers. Oh, you were the only I sibling? I was the only child. <laughs> when we got, before we got married, we were going together, and we got engaged. I said, one thing, I would not just have an only child, even if I'd have to adopt. <laughs> because I, you, you miss out on not having a sibling. Yeah. Yeah, I... I mean, some days I would say I don't oh, enjoy my I siblings, know, but, but I love my siblings very much. But you know, when you come in, when some, when emergencies come or tragedies come or God only knows what comes, mm-hmm. you've always yeah. got you always got your. I'll show you a picture here in the hall. Okay. That was in '98. Oh, that's cool. I bet you, I bet that's a good time. I bet that's pretty fun. Well, uh, music makes your mind work. Keeps if it you're going. playing an instrument, whether you're singing or playing, mm-hmm. and it's you. something that eight-year-old people can do. It not eight-year-old people can't play basketball. Mm-hmm. Or football. Yeah, I don't or know. Soccer. The, yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll sit it out this time. Huh? <laughs> but, yeah, you can play. That's a lifelong thing, you know? Have it forever. Well, it, it is in a way. Do you... Got my first pair of white boots I bought were $65. <laughs> and the last pair I bought were $475. Jumped up a little bit. <laughs> Just a little I used to wear... 
pair out every two years. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I wear them one season, get them resold, wear them again, and then they'd be done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think White's is the best brand out of all the boots you've worn? That's, well, I got a problem. Yeah, I got a wide foot and a high arch. You're a complicated I, man. I can't <laughs> buy anything most of the time off the shelf. Mm-hmm. I wear like an eight and a half, but it's double F. <laughs> Pretty wide foot. So I have a good understanding. <laughs> so whites are your go-to? That's what I went to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's even, cool. Even my cowboy boots that I wear, they, they're special made. Out of all of the stuff that you could take on, like, a fire assignment or, like, into the backcountry, whatever you end up doing, what's, like, one thing that you would always take? Like, whether it's, like, a snack or, like, I don't know, some type of thing that you just, like, or a knife, I don't know, like, some object. Uh, Many things have enough socks. (laughs) Socks. That's a good one. (laughs) Well, no, really. Doing a lot of walking. Wears through them, probably. Keep your... And on the helicopter logging, we logged on the backside of Big Mountain. How the choker setters got uh, in contact with the pilot to where they dropped the mine, mm-hmm. they would use a mirror and a flashlight. Really? Because <laughs> they didn't have any form of communication. Well, they, like, but they got to know where he's got to drop the hook. Yeah. You can tell him, but he's got to be able to see. Mm-hmm. So it's so a use a, a mirror and a flashlight. That's pretty darn pretty cool. simple. Pretty simple. Pretty simple, yeah. Mean, it, and it works. Mm-hmm. That's you... how the choker setters lets uh, So they would take helicopters and pull logs out from by air, you're yeah, saying? Like was up. it just because the a terrain was too skitter, yeah, we uh, I forget Columbia helicopters. Logged on the backside of Big Mountain. We had a big sail up there. That's cool. Probably 10 million board feet. That's quite a and lot. I had, even at, after the Red Bench fire, I administered a timber sail in Glacier National Park. What? No way. Yes. Did you actually? <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Hey, that's like, you're like probably one of the few people that's ever able to be like, yeah, I logged, I helped log in Glacier National Park. <laughs> We cut the stumps down. We had to build a bridge, a pontoon bridge, to get there because pole bridge burned up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bridge the burned bridge up. The bridge burned up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading about that one. That was an insane fire year, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I... Not, people said, no way. I said, oh, yeah. Well, you just heard me. I said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that, I have to, well, just I, I, I have to. Yeah, go I for really, it. I really like the, you know, what Bud did for a living. You mm-hmm. know, I was interested in his job. Not that I was capable of doing it, but a lot of times when they would have fires, they didn't have teams, you know, that they called on from no, California or yeah. Florida or anything like that. So it was the districts that did the fires. And I, a lot of times, was one of the women, or maybe the only one, I'm not sure, would go to the district. And when they would bring in their hotshot crews and stuff, 
you can't believe how those people want to just go and rest. <laughs> Excuse me. And I would actually be stationed where I had to say, you cannot go. Now, you know how it is to be short. Oh, yeah. You're looking up at the guys. You're like, they're, they're big. They're built, you know. <laughs> and I would actually get on a chair, you know, and say, no. And I would lot it on the red bench fire. I rode with him and marked on the map um, hazardous trees. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. So you're part of it, too. Like... You I didn't just... get paid. I just was volunteer. But yeah, I enjoyed getting outside, getting out and seeing what what he did. Yeah. So that when I talked to somebody about it, I knew what he what I was talking about. Where <laughs> other women would say, "I don't know, I don't know what my husband does." Yeah, you're like, "Hey, I do. I help." I mean, I, mean, I, I was interested. Yeah, that's pretty cool. In in doing that, I thought it was very interesting. Was that fire season, the Red Bench fire? Did you guys, were you gone, like, probably most of the summer? Well, not quite a bit. But on that fire, when it first started, there was a B-24 come out of Missoula to try to drop retardant on that fire. And he was trying to power down it, and that fire raised him 500 feet up while he was trying to power down on it. Oh, that heat just pushes the plane up? Oh, that's a little sketchy. (laughs) Yes. So, did he get to what he was trying to do? Or could he just not access it because well, of the heat? Well, no, it, it, it's just that much intensity. Of it couldn't do it. And That's at first insane. they thought the logger started the fire because he was lying getting on path there. But it was a lightning strike. Oh, really? Because that fire season, like, when you look back on fire seasons like you hear different years i guess and like the red bench fire like that season always pops up yeah and then i i think another one's like my dad always talks about 2003 like yeah. or my mom yeah, does. there's some maps in there mm-hmm. on that one and obviously like way back in history like the 1910 is like yeah. huge well see a million and a half acres burn up in a day and a, a day and a half from walls high to hold it here in the Red Bench fire? No, or, and, oh, 1910. Fire. Do you know how many acres burned in the Red Bench one? I don't know. Don't look at me. It's been 400,000 acres, less than major. All I, all I can remember is they had, fire season was pretty pretty intense, and we had, you guys hadn't had a fire yet, right. I don't think. And so the guys were patrolling weekends. And so he said to me, what are you doing this weekend? And I said, well, nothing. I had the kids, some of the kids were gone and they were, you know, and I said, oh, why? And he said, I need someone to go along and mark on the maps for stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of, we patrolled all over. Was that, so that was in the park, right? No, up, or, up the North Fork. Up the North Fork? Okay, that's what I was thinking, because... The fire went into the park, but I was like, that's what I was imagining was you guys up the North Fork. But but it was so funny because of all the places that we went and the road that we went up, we stopped. Was it gated that we stopped? And on the other side of the gate, the next day was what the fire started. Oh, really? And we had been up there. We'd looked all over. You know, nothing. 
And then the next day. Hold over lightning strike. I bet you walked back to that gate and you're like, whoa. And see, it leaned and didn't know it. Well, I mean, there was no fire. There was nothing. Yeah. But the Flathead Forest is closed off probably 75% of the forest roads. Well, so isn't there's the... no access to get there. It's just like Hager. Yeah, you it can't. It took them three weeks to open the road so they think about putting the fire out. Yeah. Well, so, where'd you guys stay up there? Did you guys stay up there or did you just drive down? You'd commute every day? And I can remember the day that thing blew up. I was outside and I don't do in the garden or something. I just happened to turn and looked over there. Oh my god. Big old plume. That's always a little scary sight. I mean, I, I, I mean for Columbia Mountain sometimes. There's oh man. Be a car wreck or something that's going to start in a mm-hmm. like in the canyon. Field or a hay field and right out here. Well, I've just been waiting for it to go up. It's going to come up one of these summers. I don't know when, but it will burn. Well, there's not. There's not. There's some good foliage to burn. I mean, hiking it is like. There's so a now lot. How old of are you? I'm 18. So. <laughs> but we have areas on this forest that got 400 tons of fuel to the acre. 400 tons in one acre. Yeah. We got two acres here, so it's just piled. Yeah. And once it gets started, and you get a front coming through you're not going to stop it no because the wind will just push it oh. oh my gosh the wind here is terrible it has been awful that Jeez. storm that blew in like a week ago was that a week ago i think so like something like that it was like i yeah it was scary but do you think that if they burned columbia in your opinion wouldn't you just start a line like a like a prescribed burn on the bottom and hope it just what goes up well, to the top what's going to happen is the fire if it carries it up then as it goes up, embers are going to roll back down and start another fire to go up. And it'll just repeat that cycle and, and a couple it's times. it's going to keep going till the whole thing is... Gone? Yeah. Because when do you think the last fire on Columbia was? Right. Long that time I ago? I don't know. But I bet you they could take probably 40 million board feet of timber off there with the helicopter. Nobody'd ever know. <laughs> probably. You'd have to land it in a, in a farmer's field. I'd say, what I'm going to do is if it ever goes up, I'm going to sit back with a beer. <laughs> Put my, my chair out there and just sit there and do it. It sounds like a good plan so to me. You're, so if you're of age, come on. <laughs> so or even if you're not, come on. <laughs> It'd be a good show from here. That's a good view. Yeah, wouldn't it though? The backside, like Doris Lake. Do you yeah. think those places would burn too, or do you think well, they? Well, once it goes over the top, oh, yeah, a lot of those good. places, I'm sure. Honestly, it could probably use it. It'd probably be. Well, a... yeah, at some point, nature's going to recycle our forests in spite of what man thinks. Yeah. Or it does. I don't know when. But if logging's not going to stop fires, but it reduces the intensity. Yeah. Of the fire. And like, well, if you look at Columbia, a lot it's pretty rocky in some parts. Like that's oh, gotta yeah, do something. It's really rocky, you know. That won't. That won't stop it too much. <laughs> but there's a lot of dead pockets that have died, and you can't even tell them now because yeah. some of those trees have fallen down. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can see all like the 
I always think of it as the dead ones, but it's not dead because it's just larch losing all their needles. <laughs> but I always look at it and I'm always like, yeah, like, I don't know. If you hike it, like, you definitely see all the dead trees. and Yeah. That would be pretty fun to watch, I will say. And I mean, I, I feel like they'd be able to handle it. Like, obviously it would burn, but I feel like the people, like, sitting right at the bottom, they could probably do some dozer work and be okay. But I don't know about all... I guess there's some on the mountain, though. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, there's quite... We almost bought a piece of property up there. Yeah, we almost... Did. Way we did. back way. <laughs> but you once in a while, you see that house that's above your house over in that clear cut. Mm-hmm. And they got, like, a little light. They got, like, yeah, a star once in ornament. Yeah, I, some, I can see it sometimes. Sometimes they yeah. can't. I don't know if they live there in the winter. I'm not sure. They might be. They might fly out for the winter. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun to watch. Well, I don't want to cut. <laughs> I don't want to cut into your time. But um, thanks for letting me interview you guys. I don't know if you find anything interesting. Yeah, I'll get back to you. I'll. I did not come on that. Yeah, I'd love to hear more stories. This is really interesting. I like hearing about this stuff. <laughs> but yeah, thanks a bunch. What, bring your dad back? I will. I'll bring my dad. And the two of them can compare. I'll remember when. No, no. This is what we do now. No. This kind of stuff my dad really enjoys. Yeah. And well, it's fun to hear his now. stories. Dealing with loggers and people. Yeah. You kind of have to yeah, have... All the time. You gotta... You have to be sociable. Sociable? Is that a word? But a lot of times it wasn't happy times either. Well, no. There's... There were a couple of times when... Thing didn't go right, I'd just go to the next level. Hollister Larson or Dave Larson or. Well, I was thinking about the gentleman that you saw wasn't feeling very well. And you stopped and asked him if he was okay. Up the North Fork. Oh, was he like. And when he came back, he was dead. Oh, no. Did he commit suicide no, or something? Huh? Oh, he was just like. Just, had, just wasn't ill? He was feeling well and was laying down. Not, huh? <laughs> I said, oh, you don't remember. And he was laying down in the front of the pickup. Oh, dang, that's he a bummer. stopped and asked him if he was okay. And he said, like, I'm good, or? I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess so. Oh, man. And so Bud went on up and did his thing, because they, they, well, you had to wait for the corner to come. Yeah. After he came back down and discovered him, so so sometimes there was kind of sad things. Yeah, but I don't think Larry Wilson is doing real well. Nowadays, you're saying? Uh, Nowadays, you're saying like he's doing? He's not doing very well. Larry Wilson. Do you know him at all? I recognize the name. Run the post and pull yard up. It sounds super familiar. And he's on the school board. Yeah, that's. I think that's where I know him from. Because he's had a couple of heart attacks, strokes. Strokes, yeah. 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 We but talked to him what, a week ago or something. About a week ago. You guys keep I in good touch. I gave him a bad time about some of his articles in the paper. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, where I recognize him from. I knew I recognized. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's where I know it from. But I've known him for. He's got a cabin up the North Fork. Yeah. All that. That's where I know him from. The newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. Well, 
Uh, I should probably get headed home. Thank you guys so much. I hope you don't have to cook dinner. Um, I think mom's got it. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I see her mom coming back from jogging once in a while. Oh, yeah. Hey, I heard about the fireball thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fire. I was out there by the mailbox. I was going to give the two of them a bad time. I'm going to say, Camille or Cheryl, which one? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, which one of you guys is drinking Fireball and running? <laughs> My I, mom laughed at that one. I sometimes cringe when I watch them going. I don't know how my mom runs that much. I can't. I, I'm not a very good runner. I'm not a runner, but I can walk. Yeah. And he has four hips when it comes to riding horses. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Even I went over my sheep ranch in the summertime out of Wilson like this Ride a horse a little bit to get the cow. Yeah. Used to milk cow with my hand. That sounds fun, but also <laughs> not fun. <laughs> Profitable. But yeah. the cream after about the third day from a Guernsey cow, you didn't literally have to shake it off the spoon. Really? It was that thick. That means it's healthy, right? Like, that's pretty. Well, I don't know if it was or not. But on TV today, it says there's going to be a major shortage of butter. Really? Because the cows are producing, but it's costing so much to process and that they might break even. Oh, man. So they might be throwing it down the sink, I guess. Huh. Oh, there goes somebody in. So we can just sit here and watch yeah, everybody coming and going and coming and going. Right here and go out. <laughs> well, I am glad to know that you are doing some of the feeding. Do you have yeah. days you feed? Yep, I feed Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. And then I ride on Tuesdays. Today I got to ride. It was fun. I, I really enjoy it. How's that arena? Have you been in it? Mm-hmm. I rode there today. It's nice. It's super nice. Oh, I see the lights are on tonight. Mm-hmm. conversation went on for a bit longer but kind of caps out on this podcast thing that I have to figure out how to do but I wanted to thank them for letting me sit down and welcoming me into their house and tell me all these stories I I got sent home with a fur coat made in Great Falls that Narita used to wear when she was my age and Bud sent me home with a bunch of maps um, of a bunch of different fires around the time that I was born so I got sent home with some pretty neat things. Pretty neat, um, what's the word? <laughs> pretty neat artifacts to take home after the conversation. So it'll be a conversation I won't forget. But yeah, just wanted to thank the Anderbergs for welcoming me and making me feel at home and answering all my questions. Letting me listen to all their stories. <laughs>